Hi. I just wanted to tell you that I love you. Aww, I love you, <laughs> baby. Mom, I love you because you're so nice. I just wanted to tell you that I love you so much and that I hope that I grow up to be like you someday. I like to bake cookies with mommy. Thank you for the blessing you've been in our life. <laughs> Make me cry. Mom, I love how you always encourage me. We love you. <laughs> Thank you for showing us God's love every day. I just wanted to say I love you so much. Thank you so much for everything you've done. I'm singing, dancing, hugging. <laughs> Mom, love you. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for all the years of love and support. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day to all the moms joining us here in the room, to everyone online at our West Tonka and Bush Lake campuses. It's so good to be with you on this special day. Well, like Clint said, my name is Heather Wilford, and I have the joy of serving as our director of Here Near Far Outreach. And I love being able to be a part of what God is doing right here in our community across the Twin Cities and throughout the world. In fact, I just got back this past Wednesday from a trip to Malawi, where I was able to be with a small team, and we saw pastors who were able to get trained because of our partnership with World Relief and to know the impact that they are having and transforming their communities. It's an awesome thing to be a part of, and I also also love helping get you connected to where God is calling you to serve. It's just a joy to be a part of that. And I'm really excited to be here today to share a message with you on this Mother's Day. Uh, I am a mom myself, and just a little bit about my family. I'm a mom to two wonderful young men, and actually I have a picture of our family that I'll put up here for you. There we are, and that's my husband Adam. We will be married 19 years this summer, and our son Isaac, who's 13, and Luke, who's 12. So we're in that really fun middle school age. <laughs> That's a good laughter there. <laughs> I actually was a teacher before I had kids, and I taught one year at a middle school. And I just have to say, God bless middle school teachers. You are a special bunch. I was not made to be a middle school teacher. I knew that after one year. But I do love being a mother to my middle school boys. They are so much fun right now. We're busy with activities and sports and school. Uh, but I just love seeing them growing into who God created them to be. And as I was thinking about today, I wanted to just do a little reflecting on my own Mother's Day memories. You know, those are, there are those years where you get cards or special handmade gifts from your kids. One of my favorites was this painted rock that was glued to a card that said, Mom, you rock. I like that. <laughs> and there's the year that the boys sent me to get a massage and a pedicure, and that was like the most relaxing Mother's Day ever. Uh, and most years, especially when the boys were little, they loved to bring me breakfast in bed. And so I know what you're picturing with breakfast in bed. It's this like maybe beautiful tray with fresh flowers and hot coffee, you know, some pastries and some juice fruit, something like, you know, a little bit like that. Uh, but my boys didn't quite get that. Mother's Day, or breakfast in bed for them meant bringing their breakfast into my bed. <laughs> but I mean, like, seriously, look how cute Luke is with his waffles just lounging on the pillow there. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, um, they probably brought me food. 
and I'm hoping that there was coffee, though it may not have been hot. Uh, I do know that I was spending a lot of time thinking about how not to get syrup all over the bed sheets, and that I was going to be doing laundry immediately after breakfast. <laughs> but I think that just gives us such a good image of what motherhood is. It's just not always the way we expect it. There's messes, and there's laughter, there's stress, and there's joy, there's tantrums, and there's sweet snuggles. And I don't know what picture of motherhood you're coming in with today. Maybe you're the mom who just barely made it here because you were changing diapers and finding shoes and wrestling kids into car seats. Maybe you're a mom of teenagers and you're helping your teens work through some of those hard life lessons that they're learning at that age. And motherhood doesn't end just because your kids are grown. Their problems just get a little bit more complicated and you're helping them through that. Maybe for some of you, motherhood brings up, or Mother's Day brings up some difficult emotions because you want to be a mom, but you haven't had the chance to do that yet. And for some of you, Mother's Day is difficult because you don't have a good relationship with your mom and you're carrying the hurt of that as well. And I know that some of you might be feeling a sense of loss on this Mother's Day. Maybe it's your first Mother's Day without your mom or without your child. And we just want you to know no matter how you're entering in this space, no matter what your experience of motherhood is, I hope that in these next few minutes you can feel God's tender love for you. And we know that we are all here before, because of moms, and so we want to see how God honors moms as well. Because he does. God honors moms. And in fact, he commands us to do the same. Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 6, verses 2 and 3, "'Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise.'" so that it may go well with you, and you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Now, I have read this passage many times, but it was the first time that that phrase, which is the first commandment with a promise, really jumped off the page at me. In fact, I decided to go back into Deuteronomy 5 to look at the original Ten Commandments given to Moses just to check it. And sure enough, Paul's right. <laughs> that is the first commandment and actually the only of the Ten Commandments that is directly tied to a promise. And I just think that to me, it elevates the importance that God places on parents, on moms, not just in scripture, but in all areas of our life. So today, our theme is about honoring and the command that God gives us to honor as well. And we want to look at how God models this for us in scripture by looking at three different moms throughout scripture. One of them is probably familiar to you. It's Jesus' mother, Mary. The other two may or may not be familiar to you, but the way that God meets each of these moms and loves them and cares for them in, that, in their moments speaks to how God honors moms. Because each of these moms, God has a special message for them that I think all of us, but especially moms, need to hear today. And through that, I hope that we can get a better picture of how we can honor moms as well. So let's dig in. One of the messages from God that honors moms is this, God sees you. God demonstrates this through one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. It's the story of Hagar. And we find Hagar in the Old Testament book of Genesis. Hagar is the servant to Sarai, who's also called Sarah. And Sarah is the wife to Abraham. And Abraham is the man through whom God has promised the entire nation of Israel will come. God has promised Abraham and Sarah more descendants than number the stars in the sky. But Abraham and Sarah are in their older years. Sarah's approaching 90, and she has yet to get pregnant. 
So, you know, not totally unsurprisingly, Sarah decides to take the matters into her own hands. And in the culture of the day, any children that would come from Sarah's servants would be considered her children as well. So Sarah offers her servant Hagar to Abraham, and Hagar gets pregnant. Not long after that, the situation between the two of them quickly declines. Hagar's resentful for the situation that she's in, and Sarah gets angry with Hagar and starts to abuse her. It gets so bad for Hagar that she runs away, and that's where I want to pick up the story in Scripture. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and, I will, and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. You know, Hagar is alone. She's pregnant. She's hurt. And she's probably scared. And talk about just a difficult and messy family situation. Just when Hagar thinks she has nowhere to turn, she doesn't know what to do next, God meets her in that moment, and he cares for her. And doesn't that just show us the character of God? That when Hagar is crying out to him, God hears her. And I think some of us need to hear that today too, that when we're crying out, when we're in our hardest moments, that God hears us as well. And it's right after that that Hagar gives us one of my personal favorite names for God. Let's take a look at this. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. She said, you are the God who sees me. She also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? So that well was named Ber Lahai Roy, which means well of the living one who sees me. Can we just sit in that for a moment? Can you hear the awe and wonder in Hagar's voice as she asks, have I truly seen the one who sees me? Just think about that. The God, the God over all the universe, the God that sees and knows everything, that God sees Hagar in that moment. And I love that then that well, that spring of water she was sitting next to was named Bir Lahai Roy, which means well of the living one, because our God is alive and he's personal and he sees us. He's the one who sees us in our good times and in our hard times. So moms, hear this today, that God sees everything that you do for your family day and night. God sees you, moms, when you are getting up for the second or third or maybe the fifth time in the middle of the night with your little one. God sees you, moms, when you're on your knees praying for your child who's going through a mental health crisis. God sees you in your joy and in your laughter and in your sorrow and all the crazy, beautiful dynamics of family. God sees you, moms. But no more than that. I also want you to hear another message of honor from God, and that is that God is with you. 
And so for that, let's look at the story of another mother in scripture. And we're going to look at the story of Naomi, which comes from the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth is a short, beautiful book in the Old Testament. It's four chapters long, and you can read it you know, in about 20 minutes. I'm going to try and tell you the story in about four minutes. So okay, buckle up. <laughs> Naomi is a wife, and she is a mom to two sons who are married, and their entire family is living in a foreign land. And tragically, in that foreign land, both her husband and her two sons pass away. So Naomi decides that she has nothing left there. She's going to go back to her homeland, to her hometown of Bethlehem, maybe sounds familiar to some of you, uh, and to her family there. Before she leaves, she goes to her daughters-in-law and, and tells them, you know, I have nothing left to give you. You should go back to your own family of origin rather than to come with me. And I think there's this moment that just shows the depth and the beauty of the relationship that they had with their mother-in-law because they burst into tears at the thought of leaving her. Eventually, one of them does go back to her own family, but Ruth commits to staying with Naomi. Let's take a look at what she says. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Can you just imagine the honor and the love that Naomi felt in that moment? When all feels lost to her, when she thinks that she is all alone and she has nothing left to give, Ruth breaks the social conventions of the day and chooses to give up her family and her homeland and her religion. You know, and if you think about it, Naomi's at this place where she feels like she has lost everything. And then Ruth comes in and she chooses to give up everything to be with Naomi. She commits to being part of Naomi's family, to being a part of her homeland, and most importantly, to being a part of her God, Yahweh. You know, Naomi's in this place where she feels like she has so much loss that she tells people to start calling her Mara, which means bitter, because her life has become so bitter. And she just couldn't see that God was with her all along, because he was with her through Ruth. And as we continue through this story, now we're going to see how not only is God with Naomi through Ruth, but God is with Ruth through Naomi. So the two of them return to Bethlehem, and it's the harvesting season. And in an effort to provide some food for themselves, Ruth goes out to pick up grain from the fields that the harvesters have already gone through. They end up, she ends up in the field of Boaz, who is a successful man. He's got fields and workers. He's a man of good character and heart. Uh, and he happens to be from the same clan as Naomi. And Boaz sees Ruth in his field, and he cares for her in that, in that moment. In fact, he tells her, don't go to any other fields, just gather grain from my fields. So Ruth asks him, what's the meaning behind your kindness? And this is what he says. Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. So, do you remember that promise we talked about back at the beginning from Ephesians 6, where God says that as you honor your mother and father, that he will bless you with a long and good life. 
And I just think this is such a beautiful picture of that. Boaz has seen how Ruth has honored her mother-in-law by sticking with her through some of the hardest times in her life. And God blesses her through Boaz in that moment. I just think that's such a beautiful picture of that. Well, as the story continues, Boaz is identified as something called the guardian redeemer for Ruth and Naomi. A guardian redeemer was a close, influential family member, um, someone, someone from their extended family to whom they could turn to for help. So this relative was responsible for maybe buying back land sold during, a, sold during crisis, um, caring for relatives who were in difficult circumstances, and even possibly providing an heir for a deceased brother. Boaz is this redeemer for Naomi as one of her closest relatives. And so through a series of events, he ends up redeeming Naomi, buying back her land and marrying Ruth. Ruth and Boaz have a son, an heir for Naomi, and the whole village celebrates. Let's look at how the women celebrate that. The women said to Naomi, praise be to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. And I just can picture all these women be like, Naomi, you've got this daughter-in-law. She is way better than any sons that you could have. You had two sons, but now you have something like three times as good. I just love that. I just think that just shows that God can do even more than we could ask or imagine. You know, never once when all seemed lost for Naomi, did God leave her alone. God was always had a plan to unite Naomi and Ruth to adopt Ruth into Naomi's family and ultimately to bring her into God's family. And, you know, I just have to share um, that my own mother-in-law has played a big role in my coming into God's family as well. You know, I have both an amazing mom and a great mother-in-law, and I was raised in a Christian home. And I can look back on my life and see all the ways that my parents helped me, gave me opportunity to come to know God, but I just never internalized it for myself. You know, for me, church was a box to check and God was a rule to follow, but it didn't inform how I lived my everyday life. When I was in my late 20s, my mother-in-law was going on a mission trip to Jamaica to serve at a children's home. And I thought that sounded awesome. I love kiddos. I'm going to go and hold babies for a week, but I never tied it to anything to do with my faith. In fact, I remember sitting with my sister-in-law filling out our mission trip applications and getting to a question that said, who is Jesus Christ to you? I didn't know how to answer it, so I actually copied my sister-in-law's answer. <laughs> and yes, um, the irony has not been lost on me that now my job, part of it, is to help you all get onto mission trips, but I, <laughs> God can use anyone. Um, <laughs> But it was on that trip that we had a team of 10 women who had extraordinary faith. Uh, I saw in them something I hadn't really experienced myself. They knew scripture by heart. They prayed from their heart. They had a joy and a peace. And it was something I was missing, but I didn't know it until I had seen it. So sometime after that trip, after we got back home, I knew I needed to do something to pursue this different way of knowing God. And so I called up my mother-in-law and I said, Linda, what is that like Bible study thing that you do? And she quickly helped me find a women's Bible study near our house. 
Uh, in fact, bless her heart, she drove every single week from Woodbury to Burnsville to bring us, to bring me into that women's Bible study. And I'm so thankful for that because it was in that community of women that I knew I wanted a relationship with Jesus that wouldn't fade and one that would inform how I live my life from that day forward. And Linda's continued to mentor me in my faith in a lot of different ways. She and I have had many conversations about our faith. I can go to her with questions or for prayer. And just to talk about the ways that God is at work in, our, in my life. And I think God put Linda in my life as more than a mother-in-law, but as someone that could help me in my journey to draw closer into God's family. Uh, much like God was with Naomi and Ruth and helped draw Ruth into God's family as well. And, you know, I just actually want to say, you know, maybe some of you sitting here today are saying, like, I don't know either how I would answer that question, who is Jesus in my life? Uh, And you want to maybe figure that out. Or maybe you are just wanting some place where you can go into the scripture more or grow closer to God or have someone that you can ask questions of, pray with. And if that's you, if you're looking for that, we want you to know that you're not alone, that we have people here at Westwood that would love to come alongside you and be with you in that one-to-one relationship, a place where you can feel safe to ask those questions, to dive into your Bible, to get to know your God a little bit more. And so if that's something that God is putting on your heart, maybe it's something that you're seeking, I'd just invite you to write that on your engagement card. Just put that you'd want to maybe grow into a one-on-one relationship, and we'll follow up with you. Because we want you to know God is with you, but we want to be with you in this journey as well. And so I hope that each of us can see today how God is with us, often through the provision of people that he puts in our lives. And just as God was with Ruth and Naomi, um, and I want to just like finish up a little bit of the rest of the story with Ruth and Boaz. So Ruth and Boaz have a son, and his name is Obed. And Obed is the father of a guy named Jesse. And Jesse is the father of a guy named David, as in David and Goliath, King David. And we know someone else who comes from the line of David, Emmanuel, God with us, and his name is Jesus. We know that God is with us through the provision of family and friends, but even more so, God is with us through Jesus, Jesus who is the ultimate fulfillment of that guardian redeemer. He is the redeemer who came to earth to be with us and to redeem us back into God's family through his life. So moms, hear this. God sees you and God is with you. And lastly, God loves you. For this last example of God's honor to moms. We're going to turn to Mary, the mother of Jesus. And there are so many beautiful examples of Jesus and his mom in scripture together. But for this one, I want to actually go to the very end of Jesus' life. Jesus has been unfairly convicted. He's been brutally beaten and hung on a cross to die. He's in his final moments. And as he's nearing the end of his life, what does Jesus do? He sees and he honors his mom. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. 
You know, I have to be honest, like sometimes when I get to passages like this and I see the phrase, woman, here is your son, it can take an abrasive tone in my head. But I just want you to hear the tenderness and the love as Jesus is saying, woman, here is your son. He's saying, dear woman, or even mom. And that disciple that he's talking to is the disciple John, who's been with Jesus throughout his entire ministry and now will take Mary back into his home and love her as his own mom. You know, as a mom, I can't imagine what is going through Mary's heart and mind. The utter pain and agony of seeing your son hung on a cross to die. And yet in that moment, to receive the tenderness and the honor and the love that Jesus gives to his mom as he considers her life and her future and her well-being. So just think about that. The same God that saw Hagar, that met her in her pain and cared for her, is the same God that looks on Mary and loves her in this hardest hour. And hear this, it's the same God that looks upon you and that loves you and that cares for your life and your future and your well-being. It's the same God that wants you to know that he sees you and that he's with you and that he loves you. So we know that God commands us to honor moms. And we've seen three amazing examples of how God has honored moms in Scripture through Hagar, Naomi, and Mary. So what does that mean for all of us? How can we honor our moms as God does? And I think one of the simplest ways would be just to simply say that to them. Say, Mom, I see you. I'm with you. I love you. In fact, I was thinking about my own mom as I was preparing this and just thinking I'd love to say, Mom, I see you. I see she's sitting here. So if I tear up, this is why. (laughs) I see all that you've done to raise me and your handprints are all over how I raise my kids. And Mom, I'm with you as you've been with me through some of the hardest moments and the most joyful moments of my life. And Mom, I love you just as God loves you too. So I invite you to consider how you might honor your mom today with a special message, whether it's a phone call or a text or a note. Maybe just write something to your mom or to a woman that stood in that mother role in your life. And we've made you a little something just to take with to actually give to your mom um, that has those three simple yet powerful phrases that say God sees you, God is with you, and God loves you. So we invite you to grab, we have magnets and we have stickers and you'll be able to grab them on your way out. But just take that, whether it's for yourself or to give to your mom as a simple way to honor her. So moms, today we celebrate you. We honor you just as God honors you. And we want you to know that God loves you, God is with you, and God sees you. Let's pray. Well, dear Lord, we just... um, We thank you for your love. We thank you that you are the ultimate redeemer of our lives, God, that you came to earth to be with us. And God, I pray for the moms in the room. I pray for the moms that are joining us online and across all of our sites, Lord God. I pray that they would feel an extra measure of your presence today, that they would feel seen by you, that they would know that you are with them and that you love them, Lord God. May we all walk out of here with that assurance of your presence in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. It's awesome. Well, uh, we're...
Staying tuned in with all of our friends that are across our locations. Want to say hi to Bush Lake and West Tonka. And you know, with it being Mother's Day, we uh, want to share a family moment together as a church family. And so I'm going to invite Zach Bush to join me up here. And um, as he comes up, you know, one of the things that I felt as almost a value that our church holds so dear, it's this, it's this beautiful invitation that we can be available. And I'm, I'm thinking of Maurice, Pastor Mauricio over at Destino Church. He talked about the fact that maybe the quality of the heart that God most looks for is availability. And Zach, you and Cassie and Joel and myself, probably over the last year or so, you've been discerning and thinking about a senior pastor call that's on your life, a call that we as a church affirm, that we celebrate. And uh, there's been an opportunity that has come along, and it's with Woodridge Church up in Medina, Minnesota. And you and Cassie have reached a point where you believe this is what God is calling to you next. And um, as we've journeyed through this over the last couple weeks and months here, uh, the response that's welled up in us has been joyous anticipation because we know that this is something that God has for you. And it deepens a relationship that our churches have had for many years. Some of you may know that Woodridge Church was the first church plant out of Wooddale Church back in 1990. And Westwood was the third church plant that came out in 1995. So our churches have been linked together for years and, well, decades really. And now that only gets to deepen. And so you've said yes to this new opportunity. And uh, I'd love for you to share a bit with our church family what that's been like and how you're feeling about this new thing that God's doing in you. No, I appreciate it, Clint. Um, wow, came through really strong there. It's good. Really grateful for it, and uh, hopefully you're awake now. But uh, how am I feeling? Let's, let's see if I can get through this this time. It was a little bit rougher in chapel, but it is a bittersweet day. It really is because there's so much love, there's so much appreciation in our heart for Westwood. And as you mentioned, we've been in a season really of discernment over this last year of just discerning, God, where are you calling? Where are you leading us? And we have felt that calling to be a yes and to a lead pastor role. And so now we turn the pages into this next chapter of what I'm calling stewarding the call, to, to steward the call that God has placed on our lives, stepping in at Woodridge. And when I think about stewarding the call as a lead pastor, it, it means really being the primary communicator, teaching and preacher there on Sunday mornings. It means caring and stepping in to serve and to lead the staff and the church to learn more about their cultures and their value to elevate those places so that we might reach more people with the love of Jesus Christ in Plymouth, Medina, and in the Twin Cities. And so it's an exciting day. It's a bittersweet day. But I'm excited because, as you mentioned, Woodridge was a plant out of Wooddale. And so there's a lot of affinity, shared affinity, between Westwood and Woodridge. Um, just in the last several months, we've already seen a, a deep of partnership with our missions experiences. And Woodridge is a church that loves to plant churches. And so there's a really cool way in which we're going to partner with Westwood to see more and more churches planted in and around the Twin Cities. And so it is a hard transition, but it is a good transition as well. And so when I think about Westwood, there's just so much love that I have for Westwood. I think about it, I've been at Westwood for uh, about a third of my life. In fact, many big life moments have happened here. Ten years ago this month, right here, Cassie and I were married, uh, which is wild. I think she's been with me for ten years, you know, and beyond. And I love that she's been a part of Westwood since the beginning. Her family helped to plant Westwood. And so Westwood has and will continue to hold a, a very special place in our heart. And uh, one sec. 
And so over the last several months, I've had a mentor who just shared with me, you know, as you know that a transition is imminent, won't you just continue to pray for Westwood that God would pour out his blessing and his favor? And so know that I've been doing that and that I will continue to do that. Uh, One of my favorite books in the Bible is the book of Philippians. The Apostle Paul is one of his most joyful books. And he writes in the first few verses, he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you and all of my prayers for your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And so, Westwood, I'm so grateful for your partnership over the last 13 plus years. When I think about leadership, leadership is the sum of many leadership decisions, moments, and experiences. And so many of y'all have played an important, impactful role in each of those moments and experiences. I could say thank you to every one of you, but we'd be here all week. It's Mother's Day. There's brunch before us, so I won't do that. But I just want you to know how grateful how thankful I am, how grateful Cassie is for this church. We love you, and we will continue to pray for and cheer Westwood on, even in this transition. Awesome. Yeah, can give him a hand clap and an honor for you. I want to invite Cassie to come on up. And yeah, if you want to stand here at Chanhassen across all our locations as well. And um, we're going to pray a blessing over this amazing couple. few uh, details I want you to know. One is uh, Pastor Joel had all intentions to be here to share this announcement, but he just got back from Israel and he called me this morning and he was like, oh, I'm under the weather. And so you can be praying for him that he uh, is feeling better here over the next couple of days. Um, and the transition is not imminent. So Zach and Cassie and their family are with us through the summer. You're going to start in Woodridge, August, August uh, time frame. Uh, Zach's still a part of our teaching team, and you're going to hear his voice uh, encourage the church throughout the summer, particularly when Joel's on study leave. And then we're planning uh, a bit of a commissioning service where we get to honor and celebrate you guys for all the good things God has done in, for, and through you at Westwood. Uh, one of our postures here is to open our hands as a way to bless and honor the God that gives. And so I invite you and across all locations to do the same. And uh, let's pray for this amazing couple. So Lord, we, we stand in awe. God, that you hold this in your hands. And it's a firm grip. You have a firm grip on Zach and Cassie and their amazing family. You have a firm grip on Woodridge Church. God, the blessing that they have to receive such an amazing, affirmed leader. And you have your hand firmly gripping this amazing church, Westwood. And so, Lord, we pray in a spirit of honor, in a spirit of graciousness, you are the giver. You give every good and perfect thing to us. You give us leaders. You give us gifts. You give us our futures. And so, Lord, we just ask, God, that you would now go before Zach and Cassie and their family. We know they're uh, potentially in a house search and they're integrating into a new community. Would you go before them and shower them with your blessing? We pray for Woodridge, God. What a joy they get to receive an amazing leader, a pastor, a communicator, a teacher, a counselor, a friend. And God, we pray for Westwood. Thanks that you've got us. And thanks for the kind of church that sends out its best. Will you multiply that forward here for your honor and for your glory and for your praise? So we lift all these prayers up right now in the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Love you guys. It's awesome.